Welcome to Take Heart, where our goal is to give you hope and offer insight and encouragement so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom. Each week, Amy, Carrie, and Sarah will explore a theme and share an inspiring story, practical tip, and an encouraging blessing using our combined experience of over 30 years of parenting children with special needs. Make sure to listen through the end of this podcast as we'll share a free exercise for special needs moms geared to help with gratitude, hope, and peace on this special journey. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to Take Heart. I'm Sarah Klein, and I'm here with Amy Brown and Carrie Holt to wrap up our topic this month, new normal. Personally, because of my son's diagnosis, the phrase new normal kind of scares me. Change can be scary, especially when we aren't comfortable or completely in the know of what our normal may look like. We've all heard the 23rd Psalm, and most likely most of us can say it by heart. My grandma was old school King James Version. She even requested a preacher pray this over her a few days before she passed away. I was so extremely fortunate to be there and to see her face and just how much these scriptures of transition and renewal comforted her at that time. Psalm 23 has one of the most recognizable verses. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. To me, Psalm 23rd is the epitome of accepting God's grace for you and his kingdom. It is the definition of the perfect new normal. What we don't often hear, though, is what comes right before Psalm 23, which is Psalm 22. The chapter begins with a cry of someone in extreme anguish. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. They are not only words of anguish, but their feelings of abandonment and confusion. Not only did the psalmist have difficulty with their new normal, so did Jesus Christ. Jesus cried out on the cross as well. The first verse in Psalm 22 reflects Jesus' exact words on the cross when he was crying out to God. Then, in the last 10 verses of Psalm 22, the psalmist, he thanks God for rescuing him. Talk about an emotional roller coaster. I think we've all been on that. The words may be different today, but we too often cry out just as the psalmist did, and even how Jesus did on the cross. We cry out when we are going through those hard places and often moments of transition. So, Amy, I have a question for you. Do you feel that just as the psalmist needed to cry out before finding gratitude, do you feel that as special needs moms, we need to cry out to God in that abnormal, just trying to find our new normal? Yes. One thing I love about the psalms is they're so human. Um, They're not pretty. They're not tied up in a nice bow. And so I think we have to go through those emotions to get to the more positive emotion. And it's not a formula. It's not that. I just mean, I think we have to be really honest and real with God and that's okay. Um, In the past, I felt like it's not okay to have anguish. I could have it in my heart, but maybe not say it to God, but he can handle all those feelings and all those emotions. And until we get through that, I don't think we can move on. If we bottle all that up, it's not a healthy place to be. 
And I don't think we can move on to gratitude or perspective change or anything until we can be honest and raw with God. And that's why I love the Psalms, because they're all over the place in the Psalms with their feelings, with their anguish, with their gratitude. So, yes, I think that is such an important step that sometimes we don't allow ourselves to do. That's good. What about you, Carrie? Yes, I definitely agree with Amy that we have a tendency to put our armor on or be in denial or even just kind of numb ourselves to our emotions because we have to handle the hard things. We have to think straight. We have to make decisions and choices for our kids. And we definitely need to take the time to grieve our hard places. I can remember reading the book of Job either in the early days of my son's diagnosis when I was still pregnant or I can't even remember if it was later on. And it's kind of funny because I think if you were raised in church, sometimes you have this, I don't know, Sunday school version of Job, like this man goes through a lot of hard things and then he is blessed by God. And you don't realize that he cried out in anguish and anger. And he even says, I wish I would never have been born. And what is so interesting to me is just recently I was listening to another podcast and he was talking about Job and he pointed out in Job 42 that as God was speaking to Eliphaz, Job's friend, he says to Eliphaz, you need to go and ask Job to sacrifice for you because only Job has spoken rightly about me. And he says it twice. God says it twice. And that really struck me because it made me realize that I think sometimes it takes more faith for us to go to God with our anger and our doubts and our fears, and especially our anger, especially our frustrations about our situation, but he wants us to go to him. And for me, music helps me to grieve and worship music, and it helps to bring out just, I don't want to say those emotions, but just helps me to cry out to God in those moments of grief. And so definitely I we need, in Western culture, we are not good, I, f- I feel like, with grieving. And especially our modern Western culture, we really don't know how to do it very well. I absolutely agree. And I think when you were talking about just the Western culture, we don't know how to grieve. It just makes me immediately think that, you know, in all other cultures, they used to hire people to grieve and and make the noise and make the... Right. <laughs> so... That to me, I always remember that whenever I feel like I I shouldn't be crying or I shouldn't. And those are all things that I put on myself. But when somebody mm-hmm. says, I mean, we've all heard, you're just such an inspiration. I couldn't do what you do. And I want to scream because I want to be like, really, you couldn't sit in the closet crying for an hour? Like, you know, because I, that happens and that's not really an inspiration, <laughs> is it? But um And I think it's okay. I'm not hiring anybody to grieve for me, so I'm allowed to grieve. Yes, definitely. So I have a question. So Carrie, that kind of brings me to the next question of, does the term new normal, does it provide feelings of renewal and peace or anguish and confusion or something else for you? The term new normal, I believe for me, means change and I talked a little bit about this in my individual podcast. I don't do well with change. My parents still live in the same house I grew up in. And there's a level of comfort uh, for me in that. But life is all about change. And one of the things I think that I've learned through our journey with Toby is that 
you can't wait till life is calm to start living. And I definitely have a tendency to do that because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I want everything to kind of just be perfect and wrapped up in these nice, neat, pretty boxes. You know, we just came off of Christmas and I, there's a book that I have read called um, Teaching from Rest by Sam McKenzie and it is geared towards homeschoolers, but there is so much truth in it. And one of the things that she talks about is that she actually quotes C.S. Lewis and he he's kind of talking about our interruptions in life and the things where we're like, oh, I just wish this day would be normal. And he says this, the great thing, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The life God is sending one day by day, what one calls one's real life is a phantom of one's own imagination. And I remember reading that for the first time and just thinking about this is real life. Our hard times, our hard days with our kids, and certainly life is is not what we expected. You know, when I set out as a mom almost oh, 17 and a half years ago, I wasn't expecting to be a special needs mom. I didn't want to be a special needs mom. I can remember I was actually pregnant with Toby and our oldest son, we had to take him for a well visit. And then we found out he had some eye issues and he had to have glasses. And I remember being so like dumbstruck by my perfect child is not perfect anymore. And it was just glasses, you know, and of course Toby comes along and we have a trach and a ventilator and, you know, so, um, so I think in that though, it is about for all of us just looking at, you know, when things go wrong during the day, when life throws us curveballs and we have a, you know, a new diagnosis is piled on or a new change or deterioration health or deterioration in behavior, that that is our real life. And we can't wait for life to be calm to keep living. Yeah, that's so good. What about you, Amy? What is the, what is the term new normal? What does that bring up for you? Well, first of all, let me say, I think Carrie and I are soul sisters because I hate change too. (laughs) And I've lived a life of change since I've been married. So um, for me, it's fear because I want to be able to control a situation. Um, I've often said, and I've said it on this podcast, when the going gets tough, Amy gets going. And so I get afraid and I just want to figure it out. And you know, you say in Psalm, we said in Psalm 23, it says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil for you are with me. Well, I get stuck on the valley and I forget that I have a companion that never leaves me. I don't immediately remember that. And I've been doing this a long time and I, and maybe I'm getting a little bit better <laughs> at not being in the fear space so long. But for me, it's fear. It's, it's the unknown. And how am I going to handle it? And how am I going to do it? And what am I going to do next? Um, and, you know, the bottom line is, whether you're a special needs mom or not, every day is different. It just so happens to be, seems more pronounced for us So, as special needs moms. So I think Carrie's right. Being where you are right now and waiting until life gets all normal is never going to happen. And 
being where you are, I, I read this somewhere and I'm not going to know where it is, but I remember thinking it's that once again, that practice of the present moment that looking over our shoulder at the past or scanning the horizon, God is right here now and he's walking with us. And that's what we have to remember, the companion. I look at the road. I look at the hills, the valleys, try to assess what I'm going to need to walk that road. When I forget, I have a very able, loving, constant companion next to me. So that's kind of what, yeah. that's kind of what it brings out in me. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. When you were saying, you know, the, you get stuck in the valley, I tend to want to scale the mountain. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm tired of the valley. I'm just going to do something. I don't do well with waiting. And I talked about that in my podcast where I think that's the hardest part of that new normal is the waiting. Because mm-hmm. in the waiting is when you have all that time to fear. Right. You have all that time to think. And you have all of that time to almost think of, well, this isn't what I ordered. Yes. Yeah. This is not what I <laughs> <No>. wanted. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you were talking, Carrie, it was like, I I tell my kids all the time, not so much because they know now, um, but when they were younger, I finally, one, one night, I was like, I'm not a short order cook because <laughs> everybody wanted something different. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. And I always wonder if that's kind of how we treat God mm-hmm. when we're picking out our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like we have to adapt to this new normal. And I wonder if he is saying, but this isn't a new normal. This is the normal that I have chosen for you. This is the normal that I know you are equipped to handle. And so I always wonder about that if he's up there like, I'm not a short order cook. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can't just order your kids. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Um, So, and Amy, I know that, so most of us have this, diagnosis date. We call it D-Day. We've talked about that. And I know, Carrie, you've talked, you you call it that as well. We call it D-Day and most people do. Um, you know, ours was February 8th, 2012. Never forget it. And Amy, I know that a lot of our listeners out there are like you who don't have that firm diagnosis date because it's cognitive or behavioral or whatever it is. There's just not that point So I guess my question for you um, in that regard and all the listeners that can relate to that is at what point did you realize you were adapting to a new normal? Did you realize that at some certain point or? Well, I think for us, um, our special needs kids were number four and five of six kids. So I kind of had this parenting thing down, I thought. And then we adopted these two children and... um, for a long time, I just thought I was doing something wrong. Even though I had a lot of mom experience, I just kept thinking, I'm doing, I must be doing something. It must be me. Because there's not anything you can physically see. You just have behavior. So, and then you get a lot of uh, people telling you you're doing things wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> I think I had to get past my own guilt and shame And actually, we were in a pretty severe situation when I realized, wait a minute, this is not typical. This is not just me figuring a better way to give timeouts or discipline or pray more or whatever. This is not typical. And once I figured that out, I often say to moms with kids with invisible disabilities, if your kid needed a wheelchair ramp, you'd build it. You wouldn't think a thing of it. You wouldn't go, oh, man, I'm a bad mom. No. And that's how I had to look at it from then on out. Like, my new normal is what ramp does my child need? And that's going to look so different than every any other kid. It just is. And so I think I was sticking to shame and guilt and trying to figure out how to fix it. 
before I realized I can't fix this. And that took a, that took a really long time for me. Um, and that's, that's soup. That's very typical for, you know, I get a lot of, uh, emails and talk to a lot of moms that have kids with issues like this. And they are just like, we just want to do it like we did with the other kids. And I'll say, well, that's not, that doesn't work. This just doesn't work. So I think that new normal, if, and I don't, I mean, I ha- also have a physically disabled kid. I know he can't climb to a top of a mountain. He can't. I wouldn't expect him to. So to have that mindset shift of this child with behavioral issues can't do this thing. He, they just can't. They can't be at a Christmas gathering or a vacation with a lot of people because without a lot of adapt, adapting, um, a lot of things we have to adapt. So I think that was my realizing that my new normal is one that other people can't see that it's a new normal. <laughs> it's, and that's my acceptance of it, which kind of helped me move forward in that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I know this is probably going off on a squirrel trail, um, but you you were talking about, I just, I think it's so lovely that when you were talking about an invisible di- diagnosis or an invisible disability, that you started looking at it like if my child needed a wheelchair mm-hmm. ramp, you would build mm-hmm. it. And it has to be so hard because for me, we put in a wheelchair ramp, we have people that want to help mm-hmm. us build it. They have people that are like, oh, my gosh, I want to donate the wood. But in your situation, you have to build that ramp. But most likely you have people there going, why are you building right. a ramp? You don't need a ramp. Right. So I I guess I just that anyway, that struck me. Like I said, that's a total squirrel moment. But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's it's so true. So it's so it's got to be so hard to find that new normal when you have people questioning. Right your process and how you go about right. that. And, so. and in behavioral issues, it's just one of those things. It's They're not acceptable in the world. So right. people don't understand it. And I often tell moms, you just have to do what you have to do what's best for your family and you have to get a tough skin. And that is not easy to do. It's not, it was not been easy for me. And I've had it just in the last month, I've had to say, okay, I'm not going to let what these people say affect what I know is best for this child. Um, but it can be really lonely but the wheelchair ramp yeah. that I bring that I come back to that a lot. Okay, this is this kid's wheelchair ramp, and that's and that's how I have to look at it. Do you feel that your new normal today is different than earlier in the journey, or is it kind of the same process, that just the same steps? Or well, it's interesting. Um, just in the last month, we've had kind of a blow up with one of our kids with attachment disorder. And I kind of got panicked and I was talking to my friend, Kathy, about it. And she's like, she's known me for years. And she said, Amy, you've been here before and you did okay. Now, was it, is it perfect? Is everything all happy? And no, but it just, it helped me to go, wait a minute, I've done this before. I've been in a new circumstance that has scared me so many times and God hasn't left me. And that kind of helped me because sometimes you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, I've done this. I have, I have what I need to weather this. So as our kids especially grow, and I think this is all special needs kids, you know, there's the big concern about adulthood and what's going to happen then. It's always going to be changing for me. But I'm thinking that I'm getting a little bit better at going, oh yeah, I've been here. And I'll get out of this. And I can look back and say, yeah, that was hard. But I didn't crumble. <laughs> I mean, we, we managed to survive it. Um, maybe not with the outcome we wanted. But God didn't leave us in that. And I think that's how my new normal process is different because I don't take as long to perseverate on how scared and um, 
out of control, I feel. I realize, oh, yeah, I've done this. I'll do it again. I'll probably have to do it again next week. And then the following week, (laughs) (laughs) I will always be doing this. (laughs) Well, and and for you young mamas out Mm -hmm. there, that's the beauty of being seasoned. Yeah. We're not older. We're seasoned. <laughs> yes. But that's the beauty. <laughs> that's the beauty of it is that you finally are like, yeah, I've been here. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna get this. I mean, you might not know how you're gonna handle it, but you know it's gonna be handled. And I think that that's great. And I love that. So, Carrie, I know that you had your diagnosis. You had that firm date, and yours was Toby was in utero. So, what about yours? Do you is it different now than what it was then? And do you feel like you're constantly adapting to a new normal or have you reached that steady plateau or <laughs> I feel like it is ever changing and I remember when Toby was 4 or 5 and I just had the realization that for the duration of his life at least for as long as we are helping to care for him we're going to be living in that grieving cycle because there always is this sense of loss when things change and a sense of grief. And I think it's important for our listeners to realize that when I knew that I, when you know that that's what you can expect, you know, sometimes I think it's about expectation. And Amy said in another podcast about being a catastrophic thinker, I'm definitely like that. I need to know kind of what to expect. So, you know, the day of diagnosis, it was this shock and awe kind of day and grief. And then, of course, as we worked through that, and then I switched into planning mode because that's my best way. I'm, you know, like Amy said, we're a lot alike. And so it's like, okay, I got to put my planning hat on. And what are the things I can control? Because I'm going to control everything that I can. But along the journey, we've had so many bumps in the road and so many things that have changed into a new normal. And so I've learned that I have to grieve those losses along the way. You know, the loss of when he was about five, he was walking in therapy and and using his braces and his walker a little bit. And there was that hope that maybe he would be able to walk. And then his scoliosis was so severe he had to have rods put in and it totally changed all that and we had to get used to the fact that he's going to be a full-time wheelchair user and so I think for our listeners it is important for you to know that it's okay to grieve those losses along the way and to surrender those outcomes and like Amy said earlier to remember that God is with you and to look back and I think that's one of the benefits of being a little bit more seasoned is you can look back at all of those changes. Each time a new normal came along, you can see how God was there and you can see how he provided and the crazy God stories of people showing up or friends being there or just different things where you're like, you can't really explain that except God orchestrated that person to be in my life at that moment when I needed it. Yeah, absolutely. Can I say something here too is that a lot of times with the new normal, we are focused on what our kids' new normal is going to be, and we kind of gloss right. over our own emotion, and I think it's really important to pay attention. And in the, in the time that I've known Carrie, Toby's been in the hospital several times, and she knows how she's going to feel after the hospital stay, She from all her experience. But I, I was struck by how she has paid attention to that, and she knows when she gets home, this is 
how it's going to play out emotionally for her. And I think it's important to pay attention to that as a mom. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're so focused on the kid and then all of a sudden all the wheels come off our buses and we're like, oh, what happened? You know, so yes. and, and the more we do yeah. it, the more we understand that about ourselves. But sometimes we don't pay attention to ourselves in that regard. And yeah. it doesn't mean it's yeah. a big, long introspective. Just like pay attention, you know, after two days after the hospitals when I crash or I think that's really important for moms to think about. Right. And also just those um those anniversary dates, I think it's important to pay attention to those too. Um, Toby's birthday is coming up, and then there's a lot of anniversary dates of mm-hmm. when he crashed, when he coded, when he was intubated, when he was in the ICU for a month. And you would think the older he gets, the easier it would get, and it does not get easier. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I've learned to pay attention to those moments of what I've heard described as situational depression, where you just feel really down or you don't feel like doing a whole lot and then I think what what's the date today or what what was happening this time last year or this time 10 years ago and your you know your body does hold those emotions and all of that inside of it and so it is thank you for that reminder Amy especially for our listeners because it is important to pay attention to those dates and those anniversaries and things that are happening I agree. And Carrie, because you were talking about, you know, just really paying attention to that because there have been so many times where I try to not think of the negative. And there's so many people are like, well, I know there's just some people. I had one person ask me why, like, why I was holding on to his diagnosis day. And that was the phrase that they used. And I was talking to my therapist and she, she said, well, you're not holding on to it. It's, it's, a form of PTSD. That is something that your body recognizes as traumatic in the season or certain situations. It's things will trigger that. And so I think earlier in my journey, I felt almost like I was failing at finding that new normal. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Nothing is normal. And it will never be normal again. In our situation, you know, with TJ's diagnosis is progressive. And so there is once we adapt to something, something's going to change. And so we're actually in our in the community that we're in, they call them mini deaths. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we have to grieve the loss of it's like, wait, when did he stop standing up on his own? Well, when did he stop being able to brush his teeth? When did he stop? You know, and it's like sometimes you don't even realize that they come. But you're not a negative person by by feeling those and leaning right. into those, you're actually healthy. Right. And so that's what I would want people to know is that, well, one, and this is the word nerd in me, uh, new normal is just a dumb phrase to begin with. <laughs> I just, I hate the phrase hate to begin phrase. with. I hate that phrase. I just want to let everybody know um, because you cannot have something new and normal. It's just not going to happen. And where we're concerned, again, it's just like Carrie had said, just really pay attention to that. and. Don't fight it. It's it's part of that journey and it actually will it's going to help you deal with the next one and yeah. the next time. So And I yeah. think too, I would love to remind our listeners that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Toby had a stay in August and his shunt was acting up and they ended up he's always on the same floor. And so the nurses know him. We know the floor manager. It literally sometimes as a home away from home, how as sad as that is. 
but they decided with the monitoring thing he had in his brain, they needed to move us to the main ICU. And it was really late at night. It was like 11 o'clock. So I'm exhausted. And they, the nurse came in to tell me what was happening and I completely lost it. And they were asking me if I needed a chaplain and, but I was just sobbing and I was trying so hard not to sob because I felt so silly. I was thinking, this is ridiculous. Why am I having this reaction to just changing a floor? But it was a change and I was grieving it. And what I realized several weeks later was that we've had another time when we had to move from a floor into the ICU and my body was carrying that. And so again, it is important to pay attention and it's, and it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to cry in front of the doctors and the nurses and to need some time to adjust to whatever it is that you're, that you're needing to adjust to in those moments. Right. It's also okay to get mad, you know, Oh yeah. Um, I think sometimes we think that's, oh, I shouldn't have been mad, but it's a hard, stressful situation. Sometimes I tell people, when you have a response like that, like Carrie, if I had had that response, you would, you would come at me with grace and say, it's okay. No wonder you had that response. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't give ourselves that same amount of grace. Yes. We would to a friend in a minute, but not to ourselves. So sometimes I tell people, look at yourself like you would your friend. If your friend did that, you would be right there, arm around them going, I get it. But we don't treat ourselves yeah. that way. so right. That's such great advice that mm-hmm. we need to give grace to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to um, read the 23rd Psalm, but today we've decided to change the pronouns because we want you to hear this in your heart and know that these words were for you. The Lord is your shepherd. You have all that you need. He lets you rest in green meadows and leads you beside peaceful streams. He renews your strength. He guides you along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when you walk through the darkest valley, you don't need to be afraid, for he is close beside you. His rod and his staff protect and comfort you. He prepares a feast for you in the presence of your enemies. He honors you by anointing your head with oil. Your cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue you, all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Amy. Well, thanks for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful that you are walking on this journey with us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss a show. We are offering a new free printable exercise with journal pages to help special needs moms find peace, hope, and gratefulness in the midst of all the hard places on our journeys. You can find it on our website at TakeHeartSpecialMoms.com. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram at TakeHeartSpecialMoms. And if you have any questions or comments, follow the links in our show notes. We also have a full transcript there as well. Always remember that we would love to hear from you. You can always contact us through our website or email at takeheartspecialmoms at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Join us next Tuesday when we begin our month talking about connection.